Hi guys, welcome back to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Today I'm going to speak to you about inner knowing. Why is that important? Well, it helps us to understand maybe a little bit about our past and a little bit about where we're going. We're going to speak about psychics, mediums, astrologers. I'm going to speak to you about some gurus. I'm going to speak to you about opening our third eye and foods that will help us open our third eye. So you're listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is atawithalice.com, A-T-H-A with Alice.com. So the first thing I want to speak to you about today is what uh, the Yoga Sutras call the vibhutis, uh, the results of our yoga practice, our meditation practice. You see, yoga is practiced through an eight-limbed, eight-limbed, basically, philosophy. The last three limbs are, in English, dharana is concentration, dhyana is meditation, and which leads to samadhi, pure consciousness. When we practice all three of these things, it leads to something called samyama, And samyama basically is, you know, all three of those things together. What it is, is we gain these cities, these special powers to dive deeper and deeper into our, basically, our inner selves. So this succession of these phases that that we go through um, when we do the concentration, the meditation, and the samadhi, which is pure consciousness. If any of you have ever practiced meditation or uh, been in shavasana, which is final relaxation after a yoga practice, the succession of all three of these phases, these different phases, um, basically lead to gain knowledge of our past and our future the ability to figure things out. So this is what Pantanjali calls uh, various samyamas and the cities which result. So these special powers result. Just like we know, when we study anything for a long period of time, we gain knowledge. So imagine, you know, we study this meditation practice or this um practice of yoga and we go into the shavasana uh, phase which is the final relaxation and we're able to see things that we weren't able to see before or get answers to questions that we may have asked ourselves and the answers weren't there and they come to us. So samyama on anything that you know means something to us we're able to gain that direct perception of one's mental impressions knowledge of past births are obtained imagine that so we've all you know I've had a fascination with the occult since I'm a little kid I was into like astrologers psychics mediums past life regressions oh I don't know why I didn't become like one of those people who worked in a funeral parlor I've always been fascinated by it Um, and you know, I went to see psychics and mediums over the years and spoken to them over different phases and met astrologers. And so you guys have heard of like John Edwards, you know, or mediums that, you know, are able to communicate with the dead and basically tell you something maybe about somebody who's passed before 
who wants to give you a message. Everybody's heard of it. Now, some of you are cracking up and being like, oh, she's a fruitcake. But you know what? There's something to it, okay? So I'm not saying that everybody's into it, but I'm saying that inner knowing. So these psychics, these mediums, these astrologers or past life regression people, they're able to tap in to these places for that inner knowing. The gurus um, that I've read about, if you've ever read uh, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, he speaks of his guru, Sri Yukteswagiri. Sri Yukteswagiri was a guru back in the 1800s, uh, the late 1800s, and he was the teacher to Paramahansa Yogananda. And he was a Jyotish astrologer, a Vedic astrologer, as well as a guru. And he was able to basically know the time of his death. He requested Paramahansa Yogananda come see him, at a certain point before his death so he can negotiate what Paramahansa Yogananda needed to do to take over the schools and put his paperwork in order and this, that, and the other thing. And Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, he accepted the responsibility, but he still was like, no, you can't be dying. This is not, you know, going to happen. And he, he did, you know, tell Paramahansa Yogananda to go to this Kumbha Mela while, you know, while he knew he was going to pass while Paramahansa Yogananda was away. Um, there's also mention of Lahiri Mahasaya, who is, was Sri Yukteswagiri's teacher. And Lahiri Mahasaya uh, has stories of him going to work and traveling, you know, walking through the caves in the Himalayas and being invited into a cave and having a meeting with uh, his guru from many, many years prior, hundreds of years prior, uh, Bapaji. And so there's all these stories. You sometimes hear people who have near-death experiences when they're in the hospital and they may have died for a while and then they're brought back to life. And they say they had meetings with people who they knew before who have passed on. So these kind of things have, have real merit. And, you know, there's a reason why even the police sometimes use mediums or psychics to help with, um, you know, try to figure out who actually murdered somebody. You know, uh, you know there's, real, there's real science to this stuff. So I wanted to just, you know, talk to you about that. This is, you know basically written about in the third chapter of Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, um, the Vibhutis, the result of the practice. It's the portion on accomplishments. Um, you know, and, but he says, even though you gain these special powers, the Siddhis or the Vibhutis, be careful what you do with them. First of all, he says, don't be attached to them, even to the cities, even to those special powers. The seed of bondage is destroyed and thus follows Kavalya independence. So be careful not to be attached to those special powers because you don't want to use them for evil. He says, don't cast your pearls before swine. If people aren't interested in what you're saying, so be it. Don't, you know, share that with them. But don't use that special knowledge for nonsense or for circus tricks. Be careful what you do with that special knowledge. Now, not everybody who practices yoga is going to experience this. 
it really takes a great deal of time and I don't care how long you're practicing yoga. I mean, I've been practicing yoga many, many years. Uh, I've been in Shavasana hundreds and thousands of times. I probably have only experienced less than a half a dozen times in Shavasana where I almost felt like I had time traveled and been in another world and been somewhere totally different. I mean, Shavasana is great, that final relaxation, but it's very, very rare. Now, some people may um, experience it much more, but it really does take uh, a great deal of time and a lot of study. And just like anything, you study anything for a long period of time, you gain knowledge. You have been listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is atawithalice.com, A-T-H-A with Alice.com. Ata means right here, right now. Right here, right now, I want to talk to you about Lord Capilla. Lord Capilla is known for the knower of matter and spirit. And why I want to speak to you about him a little bit is because he had the knowledge and mastery of material elements and divine understanding and liberation. Because that inner knowing leads to liberation, kavalya, independence. Um, he's known as the fully independent, powerful, and transcendental Lord. So he is the master of the sum total of matter and the element of time. So getting back to that time travel thing, um, that we, will, we can become all-powerful, all-knowing. Now, how do we get to a space where that we can be that clear? We all have what is known as a pineal gland, what we call the third eye. Um, that pineal gland is indigo according to the chakras, okay? So it's at the third eye, just in between your eyebrows, a little above the eyebrows. It's that space is the pineal gland, your third eye. And it can easily be opened up if we practice clearing it. Well, so it's indigo. So foods that may help to clear that third eye may be indigo. So boysenberries, blackberries, plums, uh, black grapes, eggplant. But what's really important, in order to help us gain knowledge and open up, it takes cleansing the body. So not everybody's into cleansing the body where they go on three-day juice cleanses or seven-day juice cleanses. You can eat raw. See, the gurus who had this great knowledge, a lot of them never ate cooked foods or only ate cooked foods on very rare occasions. A lot of these gurus, um, some of them were had no, no uh, material... Uh, anything. They didn't, you know, the gurus I spoke about did, but there are gurus out there who basically, you know, lived with like a loincloth on them or, you know, naked using a, you know, a leaf to cover them and sat on a bale of straw. And that's how they lived their lives. Um, not having any material, anything. They ate, but they ate raw. Uh, maybe they were given cooked foods every once in a while, but raw. So cleansing either through eating raw for a number of days or, again, like a raw juice cleanse. 
This helps to cleanse the body because when the body is too full of toxins, like the liver is overloaded, um, it's just too much for the body to clear. And that when the body is full of crap, it will not transcend. You will not be able to gain knowledge of anything if the body is too full of cooked foods, oils, animal foods. So it does take a little cleansing in order to um, clear the body enough to gain that knowledge. You will notice if you ever speak to a psychic or a medium, they prepare before they give a reading. So they may do some cleansing of their own, whatever that cleansing may be. You are listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Today, I also want to speak to you about grapes. So the dark black grape. Uh, according to Anthony William in Life Changing Foods, he says, when you, uh, this spiritual lesson of the dark black grape is when you feel isolated, living your life with little interaction or coping with shyness and yet yearning for a sense of belonging with a group that accepts you, that accepts you make grapes a part of your life. Remember, grapes are bunched together. As each cluster grows on the vine, the little globes stay close to each other, connecting on both a physical and metaphysical layer level. Each grape adjusts to fit perfectly into place with those around it. Focus on the, this wonder when you select and eat grapes. It will create a sacred intention. Prepare you consciously and subconsciously to find your people and point you toward your true home. So, sacred intention, the third eye. When we focus our intention in yoga or for meditation, we most of the time bring our hands in prayer and our thumbs to our third eye. That's where we set our intention. Maybe you do meditation and you don't do that, but usually with your eyes closed, you focus your attention at that third eye because it is that place that we gain that inner knowledge, that inner knowing. And a great recipe when you are cleansing or you decide to use black grapes to help open up that third eye is black grapes, say about four cups of frozen black grapes, seedless of, co of course would be wonderful, and a couple of cups of coconut water in the blender and you have this delicious black grape coconut water smoothie frozen slushy it is outstanding that's also in medical medium anthony william medical medium's life-changing food if you want to um, take a peek at that recipe he says you could do three cups of coconut water with four cups of black grapes or you can take it down to two cups of coconut water to make it more of a like a frozen slushy thing um so that's what I wanted to tell you today. Also, you know what's really important about cleansing? We need to heat the body. So when we, of course, cleanse, the body has time to let, like, let go of all the toxins. The liver gets a rest. The spleen, the, the gallbladder, everything gets a rest because we're not filling the body with these oils and, and dairy and and dead animal food. So what I'm saying about raw or just juices, whatever you can do raw, and even if you could just do a day, and if you can't do a full day, 
just do from the time you wake up, maybe until dinner, or from the time you wake up, maybe until noon. And so just do raw in the morning. No caffeine, no sugar, no, well, you know, I'm saying you could do natural sugars from fruits, but no added sugar, no caffeine, no dairy, nothing else but just raw fruits or vegetables all morning long. And give yourself, your body time in between what you ingest. So if you have one thing, give yourself a half hour to an hour before you have the next thing. And I get it. If you're hungry, just have another raw thing. Have an apple, have a bowl of blueberries, another one, blueberries, indigo, um, wild blueberries. So there's so many foods we can actually choose from to help us open our third eye and gain that inner knowledge. So cleansing, raw, I spoke to you a little bit about um, inner knowing, past life regression, and um, psychics, mediums, and astrologers. I want to tell you a little funny story that happened. It's not really funny, but it's a little funny. That happened to me when I was a teenager. So my father was quite a character, and he died when I was a teenager. One day, um, my middle sister's father-in-law came over with his new girlfriend, who happened to be a medium psychic and uh they came over for dinner one weekend in march and um they came over on a saturday or sunday and my parents had just sold their house because my father had lost his job at, uh, as an administrator of an old age home and hospital and he got a new job in albuquerque new mexico and we lived in gibson long island and he had just lost his job in brooklyn that he had for like 20 something years. Because he was the administrator, he wasn't in the union and he was the first person to go. Devastated, fine, okay. He ended up with a new job in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So my parents sold the house we were living in and they were waiting to move because my middle sister was pregnant with her first child. So anyway, this couple comes over, her father-in-law and his new girlfriend, they come over and we're carrying on eating, drinking, sitting at the table. And my parents say, oh, we sold the house. We're going to be moving to New Mexico. And the woman, the girlfriend says, she starts to shake and she's like, you're not moving. You're not moving to New Mexico. There's a dark cloud over this house. And she shook and my father cracked up and he was like, you are fucking out of your mind like he didn't say fuck or anything but I'm saying he was basically thinking she was out of her mind he laughed and he carried on and he made such fun of her la di da that was on a Saturday or Sunday the following Tuesday my sister Rose my middle sister gave birth to her first child in the morning and my father dropped dead that afternoon okay I mean, it's not, it's not a funny story, but now I just to get to the point of the inner knowing the psychic medium thing, he died. And I thought to myself, holy shit, this woman said there was a dark cloud over this house. Like she didn't say he was going to die. But point being is that some people have that inner knowledge of what can happen. Um, it was totally unexpected. He died of a massive heart attack, just dropped dead on the floor. And she sat there a couple of days prior and said, you're not moving to New Mexico. And, you know, this is not going to happen. So my point being is that sometimes these psychics and mediums, astrologers, these past life regression people and gurus, people that really have that discriminative knowledge, you know, and not everybody will share 
really awful news. Sometimes they have to be really careful about what they say. You know, granted, my father made huge fun of her. And like, you know, of course, you know, nobody was buying it. They sold their house and they were moving after my sister's baby was born. And needless to say, my mother didn't move to New Mexico um, without, you know, she ended up staying in New York for a while before she ended up moving to Florida like all of us older Jewish people tend to do from New York. But needless to say is that I wanted to share that story because it was fascinating to me as a teenager that this woman would pick up on something that was that, like to me, catastrophic. Like, you know, again, I was sitting at that table, my father made fun of her, and a couple days later, I was sitting at that same table going, holy shit. So, um, and how, how we are when somebody dies close to us, like then that happened. So then we had to, um, go to a funeral home and a couple of days later we go to the funeral home and I had had people die, you know, that had died, but never that close to me. Of course it was my father. And as a teenager, I was just fascinated. So we had an open casket because he just looked like he was sleeping because you know, he just dropped dead. So I went in there, I ran in when we first got there. I couldn't wait to see. Like I just I said to you, I had this fascination with the occult and dying. And I looked in at him and I stared in and it was like, I, I couldn't stop staring. And, and I never touched a dead body before. Even though I had been to funerals with open caskets, I had never touched a dead body before. But I thought, oh, I could touch him. It's my father. I'm going to touch him. But scared, it was like a Lucille Ball episode on I Love Lucy. So I stood over him and I like had my finger out and I wanted to touch his cheek, but like I was really scared. And I did like, I, I, I poked him like really fast because I was scared to see what it felt like. And I almost expected him to be like, hey, Alice, just joking, you know. So I touched him and then pulled my finger back and like, and then touched him again. Then one of my friends came over and was like, Alice, what are you doing? I'm like, it's my father. I want to see what it feels like. But it was so bizarre and it's almost like his cheek like sunk in. It was freaking weird as hell. But that was my experience with wanting to see. Like I, cause it's hard to believe when somebody just dies like, like that, you see them one minute and they're gone the next. You're like, wait, what happened here? It's almost hard to believe. So getting back to the inner knowing, um, it's just one of those things that um, some people have that knowledge and they know when they're going to go and they also are able to go back to past lives, see future lives. Not all of us want to know our past life and our future life. Me, fascinated with it. Um, but not everybody wants to know it. But yeah, that's my, that's my personal story. And opening up my third eye is something I'm working on constantly. Um, you know, heating up my body, you know, it's called Agni in yoga. It's heat, it's fire. So a fire, heat helps to cleanse, just like intense heat helps to cleanse a diamond to make it more pure, make gold more pure. Same thing. We heat the body, we cleanse it. We actually get stronger, purer. We're able to rid ourselves of the toxins, the crap that we ingest. With that being said, you've listened to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Website is atawithalice.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.